exist. We do! Welcome back to another great episode of... Brent and Chris Talk. Yes. We and talk, we... we shall. Yes, we are here with uh, new material, as always. Yeah. And, uh... Different. Different material. You know what? I gotta be honest with you. I'm gonna tell you right off the bat. I had a hard time being excited about this information. It could... It's like that. It's like that. But I think... I think I've done it. Yeah. I think I've cracked the code, if you will, and uh, cobbled together with my cobbling skills a story that is worth your time, interesting to listen to. It's one of those things that's under the radar, and, you know, in the surface you read about it and you're like, okay. <clears throat> and then it's one of those things I'm sure you can get to some detail about, and you're like, okay, this is just what, what, it's yes. too much. Yes, yes, and I'm going to dabble in the but details, But it's important. Folks. This stuff yes. is, cra is crazy important, and it's just one example of things under the radar that are just out there. Mm -hmm. It's kind of along the lines of the bees going, mm -hmm. going extinct from that disease, that colony collapse syndrome or whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, which well, may be a topic at some <clears throat> point that we cover. And I was blown away just by doing the research for this episode of all the other uh, blights on the uh, tree world. Right. Been. The things that are attacking it. Yeah. So I have some honorable mentions. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's okay. We're going to rewind a little bit and go back to, hey, how was your week? It's just one week this time. Oh, yeah. It's like we finally got that schedule back or something. We're in there. It's past the holidays. We're getting into a routine again. It, life was busy. Yeah. Crazy. Blue yeah. season. You know, yeah. Oh, you're gosh. inviting yourself on so many things. My week was good. Quick. Um... Just busy at work, and we, I think it was a solid week in terms that uh, Courtney had a lot going on after work, but we still managed to pull it off, and everything's pretty much went smoothly. Hmm. I think the only thing I could, could complain about is my kids don't love to sleep at night. They just screw around in their beds, and or bed, if they're sleeping together. Sure. So, but hey, if that's the thing I can complain most about, then I'm probably doing pretty good. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um... So what do you think? How was your week? You know, my week was different. My mom and dad were in Florida. And so uh, Chelsea's mom had chemo this week also. So I had some help the first couple of days of the week where I'd, I had just one of the kids. Uh, but then the last three days of the week, I had both kids. Yeah. And um, it's a lot. <clears throat> it was uh, all day, you know, like so. And it was just so cold we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So we're like stuck in the house together, a small yeah, house. It doesn't matter uh, how big your house is, it still feels like a shoebox when you can't go anywhere. That's fair, yeah. And uh, we had, honest to God, we had a lot of fun. I tried to get Harry on the Wii. Uh, I tried to do some bowling because we missed your birthday party. Right. And we, we still got to go get together and go bowling. Yeah, That'd yeah. Be fun. Kids love it. Yeah, Harry uh, gets the concept, and he likes to bowl. We have, like, the plastic pin set, so I thought we would be the next step, the next way to go, and um, it's that the controller's still a little too big, you know? But he wanted to. He's three, so, I mean... Yeah. It's it's a lot to, like, grasp, too, you know? Yeah, you gotta hold the button, let the button go, <clears throat> and you throw it and stuff. And then I thought, well, I think I have a game that's, like, one of those shooters... You know, don't judge me. Uh, don't judge me. I can't like to play games. Murder everyone! Yeah, I know. I know. I don't care. All right? I want to have fun. I want to play some video games with my kid. You know? This is the world we live in now. And, uh, you know, but I, it was just, again, way too hard. It was like a sword fighting game where you had to use, like, the Wii controller and the nunchuck. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, no. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we got to spend a lot of time together, and it was just fun. We had a lot of fun. Um... 
I haven't got to get, like, I haven't had them all to myself for multiple days for a while, especially since Evelyn has been fully mobile, talking a lot more. Her new thing was she'll say, no, why? <laughs> and, like, I'll be like, no, Patsy. No, why? Like, because. And then she Stop stops crushing off. my soul. I know, I know. Yeah, she's got a lot of, uh, I don't know, she's fun. She's yeah, got man. a lot of spirit. Yeah. And uh, me and Harry sword fight a lot, like me and my dad did when I was growing up. You know, we play sword fight a lot. And Evelyn found a foam bat, and she thought that was a sword. So she starts walking through the house with this, you know, foam bat, wielding it, like, and just smashing things. <laughs> so it became a club. Evelyn smash! <laughs> yeah, right, right. So that That's was, funny. that was, yeah. And it's intimidating and scary all at the same time as she runs yeah. on you. Especially not expecting that little thing to come around the corner, like, oh my god, it's a gremlin! Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> If you're a parent, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we, we had a good week. Again, we'll fill everyone in more oh, yeah. later, but yeah. uh, on our on. private enterprise, if yeah. you will. Get a little we, side project going we've been talking about. Yep, little teasers here and there. We are, um, yeah, we're making progress. For so, sure. Major milestone today. Yeah. And I think that and, within the next week or two, have another big one. Yeah. And it was filmed, so we have that to share with you when the time is right. If the time is ever right, I would say. Yeah. There are still some, you know, they say make or break. There's still some some chance of a break, right? It's, As, it's narrowing. Yeah, man. We're like on the path of kickstarting and making it happen. I think it's just like you say, a matter of like proving out a few things. Making yeah. Making sure we understand. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think the be I think the biggest thing we had going for us, and again we'll get into it later, is we had so much energy, yeah, and enthusiasm, yeah. That still when do. has we not got, waned. Yes, exactly. And when it started to rain on the parade a bit, didn't matter. You know, I see people get into things they're not full hearted about, and when they see the first hurdle, yeah, they're out. Yeah, it dies. And like you have to be able to admit, like, hey, this is not realistic or something. But that's why you like vet, like. Yeah. Early on, like, right? We pitch ideas all the time, especially you. Like you're an idea <laughs> factory. You're like Elon Musk, like firing things off at me, and I'm like, all right. And I'm a natural born critic, so it kind of works out pretty well. Where it I can does. just like hatch it the fuck out of everything. Yeah. Sorry to cuss already. That's the one f bomb right. already. That's the one. Where I just hatch at things. Yeah. And I mean, I think everybody, uh, every good team has a good critic, and yeah. I think that that's what balance is all about. Like you in, haven't seen Parks and Rec, have you? Not in like I've seen parts of it, like yeah. clips. As with a lot of shows, like I don't live in a, a complete cave. I've seen right. a lot of things, like snippets here and there. And in Parks and Recreation, the parts that I saw were, was hilarious. I get the feeling like I'm kind of the Chris Traeger, like the positive one in the bunch that says all the happy stuff. And then like you come in, uh, and wow, I'm blanking. On I need his a name. mustache. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, uh, no. Uh, the or, other main guy, Ben. Oh. Uh, uh, Leslie oh. Nope's main. Yeah, squeeze. that's funny. Yeah, and he's like. Facts guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I... Brent has crushed several of my dreams. I was and say, we're still super close. I can easily <laughs> come off as a bit of a a-hole sometimes. But it's all very well-intentioned, oh, I yeah. promise you. Right. I'm just trying to, like, Live lay a, it... a realistic... Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have dreams and ambitions. And, like, I let those flow through more to you than anybody. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I just can't help who I am. And neither can you. And that's yeah, why it works. It works out good. But we're in Chris Talk. Uh, so we are going to finish today's episode talking about the polls. Yeah, because we can't so, help a you know, politic. A little bit. A little bit. But we're going to dive in first to the main episode. Yeah. Um, our topic. Our main topic, yeah. which is going to be EAB. The EAB. 
the Emerald. In a world where the EAB yeah, is a threat. It, yeah, we should. We could be introduced as a horror. We wouldn't be far off. I mean, it's it's a scary thing. So it's the Emerald Ash Borer. Yeah. And, um, what is it, man? Yeah, it's a non-native invasive beetle. Sounds like a freaking alien. It does. And now it's smaller than a penny, 14 to 18 millimeters. Right. Uh, reflective green metallic looking body. Hmm. Um, came from Asia. And what's important, uh, important to note about over in Asia <clears throat> is that the trees there grew up, if you will, or evolved with the beetle. And um, so they've kind of developed some natural defenses to help save themselves. Right, from... so they can combat the beetle. Like, they're not completely vulnerable and going to get just destroyed. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and they weren't, uh, they were first found in America in 2002 up in Michigan, up for us, yep. depending on where you're listening. Yeah, right. Might be over. Right, down. Uh, might be down. Could be where uh, you're at, too. I, I don't think we get many viewers in Canada. No, but we should. If you're out there and you're, you're Canadian, spread the love to your brethren and introduce them to us. I love Canadians. I do, too. You know? Yep. And, uh, yeah, I have fun stories about Canada. Me, too. I will love to share. One Mine, day. mostly when vacationing with Canadians in Mexico. Huh. They're awesome to party with. Huh. Yeah, man. Mine involved my dad and me driving and trying to find moose. Now, I've been to Canada, too. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't see moose. Spoiler. It's hard. <laughs> they're, yeah. reclu they're, like, secluded, reclusive. They're a little further up there, too. They like to hide. Like, moose and elk, you know, I, as far as I know, like, they're not, like, just, like, going to jump out at you. Like, deer, there's so many of them, man. They're just right, right. in front of your car. And... Yeah, thankfully, elk don't do that and moose don't do that. Well, I'm sure they get hit, but, man, if you get if you hit one of those things, you, it, I've seen pictures of, I think I've sent them to you, where, like, deer will just, like, fly through a car yeah. like a bullet. Right. I would imagine that rather than that, an elk or a moose might, like, bulldoze the car uh if you would like to find that out we could put a link in the thing below because mythbusters did an entire episode oh because uh, they wanted to know i'm glad we're getting off topic a little bit i'm yeah. sorry left field sorry. yeah we're gonna stretch this episode yeah. out we're gonna take a, a left but at some point we'll we're, take a right we were only at the first we'll paragraph so we're gonna call it fair correct uh yeah mythbusters did a whole episode and the myth was is it better to speed up oh and hit it really hard yeah yep. and have it hopefully Poo -poo, yep. you know, yep. over you, yep. or if it's better to slow down and yeah. stuff. And, I have my uh, theory. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I think we'll let Mythbusters do it. We, I don't want to steal their thing. Okay. And I don't remember 100%. You know, I, I, I'm i pretty confident. If I'm going to bet, I'm going to say it's the second one. Slow down. That's what I think it was. Because the, the pictures I've seen, like, I don't even want to go into totally graphic detail, but the pictures I've seen are literally a deer. Like, when you look at the picture of the front of the vehicle, well, the deer is one I've seen. Oh, okay. I don't know what a moose would do, but a deer, like, literally, it blows through the windshield. Oh, yeah. And, like, I... Parts were everywhere, but, like, the deer itself went all the way through the van. Wow. All the way through. That's amazing. Like, like a bullet. Oh, <laughs> all the way through. And I'm laughing. Not because it's funny, but it's just so freaking amazing to me that, like, an animal <laughs> gets hit yeah. by something and just flies through it. Like, the force behind that, it's just sickening. Yeah. No, it is. Oh, uh, my gosh. Well, the moose are so big and they were taller. Yeah. That, to me, would, like, rip off the whole top of the car if yeah, you were and, fast. And, and that's, I think, what they were trying to see is if they could actually do the whole, like... Yeah, big antlers. You know, like the uh, coyote runs off the cliff and doesn't realize it when he's chasing Roadrunner. Yeah. If the moose could do that thing where you like knock his legs out and your car's through before the 
the thing falls and hits you. Didn't work out like that. Say I'm pretty some, sure. Some great slow motion. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So great you take out the legs, and the car's a wedge, and at the very top is and a windshield, and exactly it's like what it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. You gotta um, watch it. It's good. Mm. It's good. Okay. So our Back topic to our today. EAB. Our topic today is EAB. To the EAB. Yeah, the Admiral Borash, non-native invasive beetle, smaller From than Asia. a penny, fourteen to eighteen millimeters, green and metallic looking. Yeah. Came from Asia, first found in Michigan, 22? 2002. 22? Caught you back up. We caught you back up, you know, if, if you got lost there. Yeah. So, uh, the emerald boar ash, though first sighted, or emerald ash boar, uh, though first sighted in Michigan in 2002, has now been sighted in over 22 states and a few Canadian provinces. Jeez. So, Canada, this one's for you. Man. Uh, now, the first signs, you wondered, wow, do I have, you know, this infestation yeah, going on? You have it so, here. Uh, some, some signs to look for. You could see damage around the crown of the tree. So, up at the very tippy top there, there's going to be some discoloration going on, maybe. Okay. Um, the other things you can see, dead branches. Like, you know, normally a tree will lose one or two dead, you know, branches a year. Right. But more than that, something's going on. You know, um, there can be notches eaten out of the tips of the leaves, just you know, a little right around the ends. They don't eat the whole thing. They're very specific, I guess. And uh, like my kid, he'll eat like a bite out of something and then go on to another one. <laughs> yeah, right. Kind of what it reminded me of. And uh, and they're in Illinois. Yeah. Well, uh, there had been some some sightings. Uh, in Illinois. Okay. So, uh, I don't have every state, but there's, and I have to be honest, some of the data I have comes from 2003, and some comes from 2013, and some comes from 2019. So, I'm going to give you the information. The, you the, the links are going to be in, in the, you know, uh, whatever, the words the profile. below. Yeah. Look below me, and it'll be there. One of the blue shiny things. And, um, yes, so, I learned a new word, too, uh, I can't say it now. Uh, epicormic, epicormic sprouts. Okay. And these are also called suckers. I should have led with that. But these are branches that are growing out of the tree. Um, maybe out of. They don't look like normal branches. They don't follow the normal contours of the tree. These are going to be just random suckers, as they call them, random sprouts coming out of the tree that don't match the conformity of the tree. And this is the tree trying to save itself, trying to put some new green out to try and catch more light and spread nutrients around. Yeah, because what are these things doing to the tree? Um, well, I'll, I will get there. I okay. got a nice thing. Let's say this is crazy. Um, this is one, trying to save itself. Yeah, one of the other signs you might have them uh, on your tree is a D-shaped, the letter D-shaped borehole. Um, because when they get into it, but one of the last things they do is come out of your tree and they bore a hole out and that is a D-shape. Now there's uh, several insects that bore. Huh. Uh, we have native boar uh, beetles, which is the Asian longhorn beetle. It was in my honorable mentions. Jeez. As well as the bark beetle. And not a, uh, not a bug, but a chestnut blight, which wiped out nearly all the chestnut trees in America. What? Yeah. Crazy stuff out there, people. Uh, okay, so we got the D-shaped boreholes. This is the other one I thought was cool, the galleries. This is the one that I've seen in my trees, and this is what I thought I had this 
which led kicked this whole thing off. Uh, the galleries are like when the bark falls away, you'll see like the squiggly lines, like the weird turns and stuff like that. Okay. And um, S shapes, and they that grows in the the cambrium mm -hmm. or the layer below the bark that helps the tree uh, move its water and nutrients throughout the tree. You know, so it's right below the bark. That soft, wet. Yeah. Yeah. It's the nutrient. It's like your veins. Yes. Yes. Now the <laughs> the bugs, the EAB, they have a three to six week lifespan. That seems like a really big gap. Yeah. It's like half life or a full life. Yeah. So interesting, but hmm. um, the the females will lay eggs in the grooves in the bark, and then when the eggs hatch, the the um, they burrow in under the bark into the cambrium and the larva the little worm state is when they're in there rooting around eating the cambrium and that is what causes the death of the tree that yeah. is what actually is causing the death is that they keep multiplying the tree eating it up and it's the rooting around in the cambrium it's disrupting the, the flow of the nutrients throughout the tree it kills yeah. it from the inside and uh, yeah it's it's sad it's a sad state for things. Now, um, so ash trees is what they primarily affect, hence their name. Now, in America, we have almost 8 billion ash trees. It's a lot of trees, 8 billion. Um, and that's in North America. And um, do you want to know how you identify? Hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, curious. okay, if you, if you want to know if you have an ash tree in your yard, things you're going to look for, they have opposite buds. Which means when the branches are coming out, if there's a branch coming out here, there'll be a branch coming out directly across from it. They, you know, like a Y, and then so on and so forth. Hmm. The other thing is they have something called compound leaves. So we know, um, like we think of the Canadian maple leaf. That's that's not a compound leaf. That's a single leaf. So this is going to be uh, a leaf composed of many leaflets. And the ash tree uh, tends to have five to seven. So, um, I make kind of, I don't know if you know trees, but to throw some other examples out there, dogwood is going to be a similar, but they have way more leaflets. Um, walnut trees also have the compound leaf too. Hmm. Um, so compound leaf, five to seven leaflets, the opposite buds. Now the, the green ash, there are, sorry, there are a few different types of ash tree. We have the white, the green, the blue, and the black ash trees. The green ash tree takes on a beautiful yellow right. in the fall time, whereas the purple, um, oh, I'm sorry, the white uh, ash tree takes on a purple issue. Hmm. Isn't that pretty? I think that sounds pretty. And ash trees are actually found in all 48, uh, you know, touching states. What is that? Contiguous. Uh, contiguous. Yes, mm -hmm. I wrote that down. I just couldn't read it. And uh, it looks like I wrote contrate. I knew that wasn't <laughs> right. And, uh, okay, so ash found, again, all over, uh, over 8 billion. They mainly grow in Midwest and the Northeast <clears throat> in okay. America. And, um, they have some benefits. Oh, everything in the environment does. Everything in the environment does. Yep. Ash trees are great because they increase your property value. Really? 
Gotta love that. They're <laughs> tall trees. They're shady trees. Yeah. Okay. So they're great for windbreaks. That's why you'll see them a lot of times in New York City. They're planted in those little you know concrete holes. That's sometimes an ash tree because they're tall. They act as windbreaks. They <laughs> provide cool. shade. Um, pollution abatement, which I'm going to kind of tick on that one again. And temperature regulation just because, again, trees, shade, all that. Other. See all the above. So, uh, commonly used in the industrial part for uh, commercial pulp, commercial really? lumber pulp. Wow. Yeah, so I'm guessing like, you know, your composite board, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, also, ash trees are really used a lot for tool handles, uh, furniture, and crafting. Hmm. And this one's going to hit home for you. Big. The other thing that ash trees are often used for are baseball bats. No way! And who uses mainly ash for their baseball bats? The MLB. You see everybody. The MLB, <laughs> yeah. I never thought, I didn't everybody. think about that. And they are trying to switch from ash because it's a source problem and they now are moving to maple and you're seeing a lot more bat breaks. I'm not seeing it because I don't watch baseball, but they do break more. Yeah, for sure. Same. I was kind of curious. That's what? So they shatter more. Yeah. Like this is probably the density of the wood and all the, like, the composition, the fiber and all that. So the uh, seven, almost eight billion ash trees have an estimated worth of $280 billion. It's um, not cheap. Alive. Now, ash comprises 7.5% uh, of the total hardwood saw timber volume in the U.S., so mm -hmm. total wood at the sawmills, and um, that alone is worth about $25 billion, and that's from the 2003 Fed Register. Jeez. Yeah. I think some of the reason I had a hard time getting behind this episode is there w there weren't, like, awesome Joe Rogan podcasts <laughs> to watch. <laughs> Those do help, don't they? They really do. They, uh, God, I appreciate when people do good shows that we can... Yeah. Piggyback, learn about. Yeah, so investigate more. There's like three or four maybe tops YouTube links, but the rest are like the U.S. Forest Reserve, forestry and, and all that. Yeah, <clears throat> tedious. <clears throat> yeah, and I like politics. Like I will happily read. Like I liked reading the the rules on the uh, impeachment stuff. Like I, I like that. Yeah. This you watch a lot of C-SPAN, my friend. Yeah, yeah, and this isn't on C-SPAN either. So, uh, okay. $25 billion in the lumber industry, basically. Wow. Now, some estimates suggest that by 2022, there will be an additional 17 million trees that need to be removed and replaced in just the communities in the United States. Okay? Just the communities. And that has an estimated cost of $10.7 billion. Jeez. And they say if that, <clears throat> if you take into account the amount of money it would be in urban areas, that would be double for those trees. So, I mean, economically... It's of a value beyond what we would even consider. Yeah. It's just a tree, you think. Yeah. But it's not. Right. And so Toronto, okay, <clears throat> uh, they estimate that it'll cost the city $37 million over five years to cut down and replace the city-owned ash trees. Wow. So are they losing all their trees then, too? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, they are. Um Estimates say that 50 to 60 million ash trees have been killed, and again, millions more are dying every year. Wow. So how does the beetle get between the trees? 
Um, well, once it bores out, it's alive, and it's just a bug flying around. Oh. Yeah, it goes out, <clears throat> does its thing, knocks up the lady, emerald uh, ash borer, and goes, it lays the eggs just in those crevices of the bark. They hatch, they burr down into the yeah. cambrium. So they're just doing their thing. They're just doing their thing. And how did they get here, you might ask? I should have talked about that. Yeah, right? How did they get here? Well, they got here because it, they they were uh, transported in pallets. Not in pallets, but they were in the wood that was used to make the pallets. Yep. And so this has actually led to rules and regulations yeah. that Brent can attest to. Yeah, I've run into this where you can't bring in just any pallets. Like They have to be like the right kind of wood, and then they got to also be um, processed. Like they got to be fumigated. Basically, you can't just bring any kind of pallets. And actually, Plastic, I think, is preferred for international yeah. in some cases because they don't want to take a risk. So. Yeah, so literally people are transporting freight and stuff like that, and um, it would be just in the wood that was used for the pallets. And now in America, they can fly around, but the other way that they get transported around, especially that long, uh, long-horned boar beetle, mm -hmm. the native one, um, that gets around because we transport firewood. Like, you can go to Walmart and buy firewood. Well, that came from somewhere. Yeah. And if you're storing that outside and there was a boar something ash there, or yeah. something, it comes out. Now it's in your yard. So. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it's. Stuff you don't even think about. Yeah. Um, the wood's not dead just because it's a firewood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, completely. How are we doing on time? Um, on average, one acre of new forest can sequester 2.5 tons of carbon annually. Okay. Or... That means take the carbon out of the atmosphere. Sorry, yes. Yeah. And that's, uh, if you break it down per tree, it's 13 pounds per tree, new tree a year. Yeah, because trees are like the lungs, plants, right. the lungs of the planet. So now, if... Creating the air we breathe. If you have a 10-year-old tree, once they get 10-year-old, or at 10-year-old, that's when trees are... Um, Mature, maybe? Well, uh, doing their biggest carbon... Oh, it's like the peak carbon. Their peak carbon, peak carbon sequestration. Yeah, exactly. So at ten years, that. they've gone from thirteen pounds per tree a year to forty-eight pounds of carbon per year. Wow, that's a big, it's a huge jump. Big jump. Okay. <clears throat> so there are almost eight billion ash trees in America, and let's say we'll just take the low end ish. We'll say twenty pounds. Okay. Times 7 billion. Okay. Okay. 140 billion pounds of carbon. Just from the ash trees. Just from the ash trees in America. Sounds like a problem, man. It is a big problem. I want to be able to breathe. So then I was thinking to myself, well, just wonder, like, how much, how, how, how many pounds of carbon does America put out? Yeah. I'm like, do the ash trees take care of all of our carbon? <laughs> That was naive. <laughs> that was very naive. The U.S. emitted 15.1 trillion pounds of carbon. Uh, and I don't remember what you Well, I mean, that's not a ridiculously... Down. I mean, it's not a very large percentage of that 15 trillion, but... 1%, right? Yeah. Is that right? Or 10%? I don't really want to... I understand. Don't hold me on math. But I'm just I think saying... It's 10%. That's not insignificant. That's... <laughs> A no, lot. it's not. It's not insignificant at all. And um, I have like a little bit. It's gonna bother me. Keep going. I, I can. I, I have some small positive spin I can put on this. Mm -hmm. 
doesn't start that way, though. Uh, in 2002, scientists thought that EEB was 100% fatal. No good. Now, they have found some treatments that actually do work. Less, a little bit, about 1%. 1%. Yeah. Okay, so it's not great. Um, that's still a percent? It's still, yeah, 1%. And that's just the ash trees. Yeah. Yeah. And Sorry, uh, keep going. Yeah, sorry. Um, there are some treatments. There's a ground treatment where they actually pump in chemicals into the ground, and then that gets absorbed up into the tree, and that will last for a year. It's like a year-long treatment. Other things they can do... Um, is a bark treatment. They spray the bottom five feet of your tree with a chemical. That chemical gets absorbed into the tree, um, into that cambrium, so that'll protect the tree. That also lasts for a year. Jeez. And then there's another one where they actually drill holes. This is so good. It looks like they're giving your tree an IV. Yeah, right. Like they drill holes around the bottom of the tree, and they have this you know, chemical that gets absorbed into it. And that'll last for two years. <clears throat> But you need an arborist to do it because a lot of this is based on how bad the tree is infected, the size of the tree, they measure, you know, measure around circumference, and um, so you know. So there's some science to it. <clears throat> there is, there is. Now Jeez. there are some over-the-counter things. I don't know if you call them that, but there are some uh, things you can buy. No, pesticides, not yeah, commercially. Like, yes, yeah. exactly. Like Menards and whatever. Yeah, you know. So my dad treated the paper birch once. The thing still died, but yeah. That's because he's not an arborist. It's because he's not an arborist. And uh, we have, you know, arborists around here. Arborists are nice people. They help keep the trees alive. So get a hold of one if you think you have any concerns. Um, and if you have any boreholes coming out of your trees, you know, make sure you're checking that out, too, because that probably means you have another infestation. Well, if you like your tree, right? <clears throat> Take care of it. Well, and I mean, think about how long, I mean, 10 years it takes the tree to go from the, you know, 13 pounds to the yeah. 48 oh, yeah. pounds. 10 years, that's... Trees don't grow fast. We only know. have so many 10 years as humans. Yeah, right? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. plant If a tree, you're really people. lucky, you might get eight decades. Ooh, we should have done this on Earth Day. When is Earth Day? I think it's in March. I don't know, probably. It's an important day. Yeah, it is. Earth Day is on... Did you Google faster than us? April. I can't sit on this episode that 22nd. long. All right, so no, you got it's this. going out. You got this. But <laughs> rewatch this. Put this on your calendar hey, now to rewatch this you episode. Know what? We can expand on this. For Earth Day, we could do a full episode on trees all sure. around. Well, I, and there's, again... Of course, are, you know what? There's also Arbor Day. Oh, there is. We talking about... Uh, we could stuff. we could definitely talk about the longhorn beetle. We could talk about the bark beetle. Yeah, the bark beetles, nasty. nasty. Seems like all these things are nasty. It's like, what are you doing? So uh, the good news. Okay, yeah, I so promise good news, and then we'll get into the politics stuff. Um, so EAB, uh, according uh, in 2019, uh, is not 100 percent fatal. It's actually 99 percent fatal. EAB is it? It's in the EBA. Emerald Boar Ash? E-A-B. The Emerald Ash Boar. Oh. My bad. I know, I kept mixing it up too. E-A-B. Uh, so, yeah. and what this means, or what scientists <laughs> think this means, is that our ash trees are actually starting to do the thing that the Asian oh, really? trees were doing. They're actually learning or adapting to have some kind of chemicals they have that they can release um, to prevent the larva from living to 
become full fledged. He's just like, screw you guys, yeah. we're fighting back. And so just That's cool. Yeah. And, Evolution at its finest right and there. And those trees will theoretically be the ones that make more trees that then can survive this. But it's not over. And there's going to be a massive infestation uh across the country. I mean it's just something that we're we're gonna see. Um it, it can't happen. They're the rate they're dying, um and like what Toronto say thirty seven million dollars over yeah. five years just to save bear trees. I know Toronto's a fairly big city, but I mean There's a lot of Toronto's around I think. Well and think about the smaller cities that don't have the budget that Toronto does that has way more ash tree. What are they supposed to do? Yeah. And um it has some ecological effects they didn't really get to talk about. Um some of them are interesting. Some actually let other native trees that haven't had a chance to grow, grow. And that's neat. It's diversity in the ecosystem. The bad thing is, though, sometimes it allows other invasive plant life. Like, if you go to Michigan, you don't see a lot of forests there along the road. You see what was forest now covered by green vines. Oh, yeah, I know what you're you talking know, about. They're yeah. just taken over. I can't remember what those are. Um, but... Uh, when you lose I've seen trees, that in the Carolinas too. Like all the whole forest, is like blanketed, carpeted. Blanket. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not. You don't want that. You don't want that. Anytime something's growing. I thought to myself, I'm like, why is it like that? I know it shouldn't be. Yeah, most of the time they're dead trees. You know. Jeez. Um, it's so, crazy. I don't know. I I think this was fun. Um, it's different, and honestly, I think that like most people don't sit there and look around trees and like, oh man, all these trees are freaking dying. Like. It sounds like a thing on the surface, like you could easily just breeze over it, but it's a major issue because if this happens to one tree, like think about all the other things that could be affected. And that's probably why they're treating the pallets like crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> they don't want, <clears throat> excuse me, other trees to get infected with other. This is just one beetle. Yeah, like, right. Last year, I think it was, all of my herb plants out in my garden got destroyed by these beetles that came through. I've never seen them before, and like they were just going nuts and all my stuff. So I just went crazy with my pesticides. I decided I wasn't going to eat any of these herbs, but I was going to kill as many beetles as I could. And I just yeah. had like a freaking Armageddon of beetles, just a yeah. carpet of them. They weren't the <clears throat> Japanese beetles? I think they were. The <clears throat> they were like shiny, ladybug-looking things. Yeah, yeah. I smoked them all. Uh, I'm so glad you got to experience that, too. I got those the year I tried to grow corn. Oh, man. Yeah. Those things, are, they just eat everything. They do. Down to nothing. And it was, I would get like literally two... I don't know, 100, 500 of them on an entire ear of corn. Just I'm like, I had a basil plant that was just beautiful. <clears throat> and it, it started just, just, it looked like the thing caught on fire. It, yeah. It eats it down to nothing. So I went out there with a seven spray. Yeah. And I was like, I just, because I read the instructions, I was like, I'm just not going to eat this anymore. But I'm killing all these suckers. Yeah. I went nothing that. I had like a three inch deep carpet of those yeah. freaking beetles. We, we used the, uh, the bags. They make bags. Oh, yeah. They capture them. Yeah. yeah. And then you, they have that. Pheromone or something. I was just angry. I had it on hand. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Like, I'm a good gardener, but then when I crack, I'm just, like, done with it. I'm like, no, fine. You know what? You know what? Nature? Fine. You I'll, can hit my basil, but I'm going to get you, too. Uh, yeah, and I'll never grow corn again for that <laughs> right. reason. Corn is a mother anyway, man. It, well, you have, from what I've read. And you can't I'm, just grow, like, in a garden, really. Uh, I rolled my pants Go up ahead. before we started because it was super hot in here, but then I turned the heater off, and yeah. now it's freezing, yeah. but I can't roll my pant legs back down. Ah, I know, it's the leg here. Ah, <laughs> Just right. rip it out! I know. We lost a few there. Uh, so, yeah, the corn. What have you um, the corn? I grew three rows, uh, yeah. and I think my garden is like 40 feet long at the time. So, I mean, they were sizable. I think I had 150 is what I counted. Anyways, I, I, I only pulled out 10 ears of corn. 
that I could save. And then I went to the store, and they're like, eight for $10. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, never, never, ever again. No, it takes up too much space for what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I understand you can do that the same thing with a lot, yeah. but the corn just takes up too big, and they cost too much shade. I had problems. I didn't like it. I grew one row of, like, five feet long, so yeah. I had, like, eight plants, man. They just didn't turn out with a dam, and I'm not really sure why. But... You need a lot. It, it literally is. You just need a lot. Playing the odds? No, I mean, just for the proper... For it to grow, right? Pollination, germination. Because we have, like, domesticated the crap out of corn. I don't think it, it could make it yeah. without us planting no. it and tending it. So. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I have fun. doesn't exist. It's going to be a good year. We have our thing going on, which is good. And we have the podcast going on. I have school going on. Cobbling going on. Kids going on. But. Life. I'm still going to have a garden. <laughs> yeah. Me too. And I'm looking forward. Yeah. I'm going to try to max out on tomatoes and peppers this year. Different yeah. kinds of heirlooms. I'm going to put down some more peat moss, mix in some more topsoil. Yeah. See, I, I last year I have, uh, I only was working out of one 40-square-foot raised bed. Yep, I got a 12 by 12. So. Yeah, and now, and I just, I don't know why. The other ones had onions in it, and I just let them go. I just, so onions can be back. tough. Yeah, well, they're fine. I just didn't want to do anything with them, and I wanted them to really <laughs> seed out. Mm -hmm. Um so this year I'll have the onions in there, and I think I'm going to plant garlic in the other thing. I oh, really cool. want to grow garlic. It's going to be my new thing. I think I can do heirloom garlic. Garlic's handy. And then you can black make black garlic out of it, and then it's canned product. So hmm. the other thing I was thinking, though, is uh, with the other two raised beds, I'm going to bring my strawberries back. I love growing strawberries. And it, we had, again, 10-foot long, 4-foot wide, so 40-square-foot bed of strawberries. And by the second year, I was pulling a quart of strawberries out of it a day. When I was harvesting them, wow! It was the best strawberries I've ever. I've had. never done strawberries well. Like they, they have like those runner things, right? Yeah. How do you handle that? You just run it down. They run. No, I know, but like when they do the thing with they're running, you just let it go. Yeah. So I bought six plants. Like how'd you keep the rows? I bought six plants. <clears throat> no rows. You let strawberries do what they want to do. How come I've been to strawberry picking places and they have rows? Well, they have. They have. They just cut them off. I mean, they have. Okay, they have rows, but they're like still within that row. There's some runners that have grabbed, uh, attached, and say, you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's. They're not rows of corn, but like there's not a lot of stuff in the middle, and I remember. Yeah, I would be very, I'm just very curious. surprised. I would be very, very surprised if they were like a single plant. I mean, if they are, that was very meticulously done to do it. Okay, I'm just. And curious. I found the best result is when the plant had a few runners that had stuck. And started to grow out and became more of like a system. That's mm -hmm. when we started getting like the real strawberry size that you see from like the grocery store and stuff. They are they um, they come back every year. Yeah, they came back every year, which was <clears throat> amazing until they just it got overtaken by these terrible, terrible raspberry bushes that I just like. They were like the bad guys of my garden. I just they became impossible to keep up with, and then they it was just bad because what you don't harvest grows <laughs> with raspberries and it was just insane so like last year i finally got it taken down but again i ended up with four feet wide probably 35 feet strip of raspberries <laughs> and it was great i had neighbors i really didn't like and they're sharp pointy thorns so it was like a great natural hey neighbor stay over there neighbor and uh now I got a new neighbor, so I cut them all down, and I was going to try to plant a tree, but I have to till it all up. Like, they're just, it's a root, root system. system. Yeah. Jeez. So, that's this year's, uh, the wow. springs. The garden. Yeah. 
the garden. So, okay, that was EAB. That was our gardening talk. Uh, And we're going to jump into some polling. Yeah, Because politics are happening. Things have taken a left turn on the Democratic presidential race. Yeah, we've been... Literally left. Yeah. We're losing some moderates. It looks like... um, Here, I'm going to click on the national polls just to do it this way. So, in the presidential Democratic primary, right now... We are looking that Sanders is still leading the way mm-hmm. at 22%. Um, <clears throat> second place is still Biden. Yeah. Tanking, but still in second. Do you know who's moved into third place nationally? Let me guess, Bloomberg. Yeah. Yeah, because they got so much money. Holy moly. Yeah. I did not look at this before. He just dove in. It's oh, crazy, isn't it? That is crazy. Crazy. He's catching hold like like crazy, yeah. Well, he has so much money. He's, he's spent like a hundred million dollars, I think, or more, on advertising. I've gotten ads. I've heard ads on all kinds of YouTube. Yeah, I've seen them on um, Instagram and Facebook. Oh yeah. So like, we're getting hammered with them for sure. Well, the one that cracked me up too was uh, I, I listened to Wait Wait Don't Tell Me on NPR Saturday yeah. mornings, and they had a guy on there who was one of the other panelists made a joke about how Bloomberg ads are just dumb and just over the top and he's like uh i'm michael bloomberg as a billionaire i know that being an african-american is hard vote for me like and she was just kind of making a joke of it right and the black guy on the panel was like yeah you know it's hard to be black you made it hard <laughs> 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 nothing wasn't hard before he said but yeah yeah because again bloomberg famous for the stop and frisk thing that's a rough one it is a rough one. I don't know how he's getting past that. And Bloomberg had some There's stories some skeletons come out. in the closet. Yeah, which I gotta be honest, I would like to address those someday. There's this really bad habit on the left to demonize facts that we don't like. Yeah. And I and I, I think that's not how you fix things. No. Gotta kinda own up to it and run with it if you're gonna I mean life it, it, people are real. Like you don't just yep. get you know. And I think that's the thing that, in my head, I like to believe that there's still the people in politics, and I know people don't like her very much, but Nancy Pelosi, I think, fits this. She she knows how to play the game in a way that still gets her thing done. I know. I don't love her. I don't either. But I really get mad at the people who just rag on her nonstop. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. So It's probably the same feeling of people who love Trump to death that get pissed off when people rag on him. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. Um, third or fourth place is Warren, eleven point eight percent. Buttigieg is uh, fifth, but really close to Warren. He's at eleven point two percent. Jeez. And Klobuchar four point seven. Then it just drops off like crazy. Steyer, who's still around. Yeah, I can't believe him. Or even Gab. Point nine. Gabbard's not running anymore, is she? She dropped out. I thought. This says averages of February sixteenth, twenty twenty. Look that up. So. Uh, presidential democratic primary they had um like head-to-heads you know like pretend head-to-heads mm-hmm. so they did warren and klobuchar warren won klobuchar and Buttigieg. klobuchar won warren and Buttigieg. warren won klobuchar and biden was a nail biter but klobuchar beats biden in this these are added today jeez I think Tulsi Gabbard is still running. Okay. Her website is still up. 
So that's interesting I don't know too. Why? <laughs> well, and she's suing. I don't know. Is that still happening? Is I think she's still, still trying to sue Clinton, Hillary Clinton, which is dangerous. I hear. Like Tulsi might get off because people apparently die when they piss off Hillary Clinton. So uh, <laughs> that's a conspiracy theory. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't even hear you. That's I know you and I nodded. Uh, sure. New Hampshire, uh, Sanders won twenty six percent. Buttigieg was at twenty one percent. Yeah, I know. These early states are kind of like, what's happening? Yeah, and that's the other thing that I'm I'm interested in too because I I don't know. I want to go back and watch some of our shows, our first shows, mm -hmm. see how I characterize Trump complaining about the popular vote. <laughs> I don't like that Sanders is toting why I won the popular vote. It's because they're trying to find any angle to win. I don't... The Sanders doesn't need that. Well, I know you're right. But it's the same thing where all the Hillary people were like, Hillary won the popular vote. Well, guess what? Trump still won the Electoral College and got the freaking presidency. It doesn't matter. Like, go for what matters. Yeah. Trump is great at playing the game of what matters. He's an idiot, but he's not. You know what I mean? No, you're right. Uh, wow, gosh. How is it possible? Uh, Donald Trump's approval rating... It's up. 43%. It's up a ton compared to what it was. Now, granted, he's never crossed 50%. He's never been yeah. an overall popular president. Right. Ever. And his disapproval is holding steady at 52%. I can't even believe his popularity is like going up now, because right now is when the economy is kind of faltering and not doing so great. Like, they've revised a lot of the jobs numbers. Like, yeah, we post all these job ads, but then you need to pay attention to what happens three or four months later when they revise them, because they usually, right, like as of late, have been revising them down. Can I just segue one point? I don't know where I'm really going with this, but I feel like if it would have been a Democrat in charge now, as president right now, the coronavirus would have done a lot more damage to the stock market. How so? Well, I, I don't know. I, I literally have nothing to base this on. I'm just saying the stock market did nothing but climb during the ongoing... You're saying... Like, are you trying to, like, get in, like, because Trump is so, he's trying to do his restrictions on travel and all that stuff, you're thinking that the more loosely run borders would allow for more of the coronavirus transfer? Not even that. I think if you had a Democratic president who wasn't constantly making you worry about other nonsense or laws they were breaking or things like that, we would be way more focused on the coronavirus. Hmm. Could be. I mean, we I wouldn't. think we'd be way more focused on a lot of things. If we I know, no, you're completely like, right there. If a Democrat had been in the presidency, I'd be willing to bet just about anything. We would never have had an impeachment trial. We probably wouldn't have had anybody looking after Russian collusion with a presidential campaign. Well, and you saw uh, our, one of our friends and listeners, Michelle, sent me the message about they put something on the floor about trying to codify um, Roe v. Wade, and, okay. and it didn't pass. And get Republican support, which I I worry that they have like a really big prize that they want to get out of Trump. They do. I know. My and I thought the tax cut was it. That was but just part of it. I that's, know. That's small potatoes for them. It is small potatoes, and I think the courts are the big thing they're going for Correct. to they get the, the icing on the cake, which is Roe v. Wade. They've won the courts piece of it. They just need the cases to make it through far enough. Right. Well, I mean, yes, they have. You're absolutely right. You now look me straight in the face and tell me if Roe v. Wade or some challenge to it came to the Supreme Court, you think Roberts is going to hold nope. up against that? No. Nope. I'm damn sure he's not. No. Nope. 
They can so, turn that heater on. You can push one down. I'm okay. I'm cold too, sleeves. man. I know I don't have sleeves. Off. I don't have sleeves. <laughs> care about you? Just one. Just one. Just one. Which one? I don't care. Right or left? It doesn't matter. <gasps> just not both. One's seven hundred. <laughs> one's eight hundred. I'm like, really? <laughs> do I do I really notice that extra hundred watts? I don't think I do. It makes all the difference, Chris. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I get I can put them on together, and then it happens, but. I don't think I need the individual. Here's shivering in myself. It's like, come on, dummy, you got sleeves. So that's really the big stuff on 538 right now. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is I can't believe these early states have come the way they have. I mean, I, I knew Bernie was going to be popular, but I didn't know Biden would just go off a cliff like he has. Warren's kind of surprised me, too. I've never liked her as a candidate, really. Right. Just for several reasons that you and I have talked about. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I can't believe she's totally gone. Um, I'm glad more people are dropping out because we don't need so much noise. We need to focus things. And, really, they need to hash it out between Biden, uh, Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg. Those, and Klobuchar's in there, but I feel like she's just a late blip because of the last debate. Now, maybe that could carry some weight with it, but that's just... that. I feel like that's just like how people care the most about the recent things that have happened to them versus the longer term. Like, I feel like reflecting on it, people would be like, eh, she was just a one-show pony. I was surprised with Hillary. Oh, In cool. terms of what? When she picked that Tim Kaine as her vice president candidate. I was surprised, too, but he's not a bad guy. He's, he's not just a bad any, guy, but who, who is he going to turn out? Who is he going to get yeah, to show up? He doesn't have a lot of... Um, I'm trying to see. I was seen. jumping on over to Real Clear Politics to see if I could find about North Carolina. And it's interesting because they have different polls, but even the Fox polls from North Carolina has Biden beating Trump. And if you go to Sanders, <clears throat> Bernie Sanders, he beats him, even in the Fox one. I think that Biden, I agree with both of those. I also, I think that it'd be much closer if Buttigieg got the nod, and I don't know if Warren could beat Trump. If you look at Buttigieg, according to Real Clear, Real Clear Politics, just in North Carolina, the yeah. Republicans in North Carolina, um, Buttigieg doesn't win anything. He loses. Loses everything. I'm not surprised. I don't know why I can't, I don't really care about that right now. What wow. I'm looking for is the Democratic primary. Okay, so in North Carolina, thank you. Back to 538, my trusted 538. They have Biden ahead in North Carolina. I think that was predicted. Well, it's because it's the first time there's an actual decent population of African American. And so it's a more diverse state. Yeah, which I, I don't understand that draw for Biden from the African American community. Don't know either. It's, I think it's is it just the is it just the Obama link? It doesn't hurt, but I don't I really don't know. I, I just I don't know what he's done to be like the guy, their guy. I wish I had a better answer, but I really don't have a lot of insight into what draws that part of the voting populace. So, I wish I could show you this. I, I'll show Brent just to... We need a screen! I know, I know. I really am trying to get one. Yeah, we'll figure there. something out. I know. I don't know what you guys be able to see. I could do picture Mics picture first. Stuff. We're going to work on mics first. Mics. So you can hear us better. And then we're going to upgrade our editing software. Woman's quagging a discount on that. And uh, eventually there's a new set in design and development. Yeah. 
But we'll never leave this room. No, we'll die in this room. Uh, for you people, because we love you so much. And, uh, if, okay, so I was going to show Brent this. I mean, even in North Carolina, though, Biden is tanking. Biden, Biden Everywhere. was at 40%. Everybody's is because the other ones are going up, and so you have to give somewhere. Do you only, it's kind of like you only have so much of the pie to give. It's not 100%, yeah. you know what I mean? But like, if there's not that much fudge factor. To me, if he goes up, someone else is going to take his place. And look, Buttig it's like a mix. Well, no, no. Buttigieg has gone up. Bloomberg has gone look up. At, Sanders has gone up. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. Bloomberg. It's like sucking the life out of Biden. Like Bloomberg, a yeah, that's I, exactly what I think it is, too. That's exactly what I think it is. Wow, Steyer's at 2% North Carolina. Hey, you go, Steyer. You're done. Get that 2%. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's done. He I don't know care. what he's... I really don't... I, I love I, how he shakes, like, shook Barney's hand and everything. Like, he, I, I think he's hoping somebody's like, just pick me. I just want to be in a cabinet. I just want to be part of the team. Yeah, right. That's what I get from Tom Steyer. I like the tie, though. Could be. I like that plaid tie he wears in the uh, debates. I think that's good. Everyone's got to have their signature. It's on brand. You know? Nice. It's on brand. It's like after Space Jam, we knew Michael Jordan had the same underwear on for every game. We couldn't know that. We all thought about it. I forgot about that. It made me think, how often do I need to change my underwear? I still have to do daily. Every day. Daily is the answer. Every day. Every it's not day. optional. That is a lesson. Well, and I grew up with my great grandma. Like socks. You know, <laughs> I mean, saying fresh. that you don't want to. You're not fully clean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love how the kids' songs really do come in handy from the kids' shows. Oh, they we can. sing a lot of Dino Tiger songs here. Oh yeah, yeah. When you're feeling frustrated, mm. take a step back and ask for help. When you get so mad that you wanna roar, mm. take a deep breath, count to four. <laughs> uh, they're gonna sue us. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Well, honestly, don't sue us. We're we're we like covered. these things. I think we're covered because oh. this is uh, cover, cover songs. Co well, no, it would be covered under uh, fair use copyright. We're actually mm -hmm. doing a new show, and that was satire. Oh, it was okay. a satirical take on it. Yeah, and that's what I'm calling it. So it's definitely what it is. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this up and do a little bit of a Facebook Live thing before yeah. we call it a day here. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yep. I know bugs is a weird thing, and I'm sorry, but... It seems like you shouldn't care about it, but even if you don't like bugs, they matter. Believe me. I didn't know ash trees did bats for the MLB. I was I was fascinated by that. Yeah. I didn't know that just their uh, industrial value was $25 billion a year. Everything is a value, but it's just like I said, like you drive around a forest, you're like, hey, it's a bunch of trees. Like you assume they're all doing well, but if half of them are gone, there's all kinds of implications. Yeah. And like all these things you touches, you don't even think about. It's going to be bad. It's going to wipe out a lot of the ash trees. We can hope that they come back. We can hope that the vegetation, the evolution thing is like kind of critical too. Yeah, but if it takes its place, I don't want to put some vines everywhere. I know. Well, that's the thing. We have to hope that the, that the trees that maybe take the place are other natural. Yeah. Uh, the ecosystem changes, but man, it's just brutal. It is. It is. So, so next week we'll have something not bugs. Yeah, I have ideas. I, I know you, you one later. good ones. Yeah, yeah. Not exciting. I know. I I texted Brett before he came down. I was like literally down to the I'm like I have all the facts. I have all the information. I just don't know how it's interesting yet. But we made it so. We made it so. And again, I think it's cool. And if you're a baseball player, or a baseball lover, if you're a fan of anything that involves like Ashwood, is part of like. 
Furniture. Yes, furniture. Crafting. Specialized cars use ash wood and some of the inlay wood and stuff. Hmm. Like, it's a thing, man. And if you live in the 48 states. If you like hiking, all those trees around you, there's a bunch of ash ones out there. So Yeah. Think about that. So make sure you appreciate them. Make That's sure right. you take a good look at them because they may not be there. Keep your eyes open for those D-shaped boreholes too, or look at the crowns yeah. of your trees in your yard to see if maybe your trees are being affected. And plant some ash trees. Plant some ash trees. Call an arborist because if you have an infestation and you plant ash trees, you're just asking to spread it. Yeah. So, so call your local arborist and plant some ash trees. Have a nice week. Have a nice day. Thanks. Set that backwards, but it's all good. It's all good. Take care.